six years, the six years you've been sticking it to me, I want to know how come. You want to know? I want to know how. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Because you had the talent to become a good fighter. And instead of that, you became a late breaker to some cheap second-rate loan shark. To live in? It's a waste of life. Actually, if I break the guy's thumb, he gets laid off, right? He can't make Yeah, well, don't money. figure. Let me do the figure, okay, Rock? From here on, just let me do the figure. Come on! Want to hit on me? Come on! I'll break both your arms so they don't work for you! Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, episode 33. My name is Crossman. I'm Wilson. And I'm Charles. And this week we watched the 1976 movie Rocky. So, Charles, can you give us a brief synopsis of Rocky? Sure. Uh, it's about local Philadelphian boxer Rocky Balboa, uh, who gets challenged by heavyweight champion Apollo Creed to a high-profile underdog boxing match. So he trains to try to prepare for this fight and hope to have a chance at winning it because he's a huge underdog. Along the way, he meets a girl or like gets together with a girl he was already trying to get together with, I guess. And then in the end, he ends up losing the fight. But I guess the important thing was that he found love along the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's about the journey, man. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, The real treasure. Yeah. So this is a reader poll week or listener poll week. Yes. We chose this, Raging Bull, and Bloodsport. Yeah, it was tight. Uh, It was tight between Raging Raging Bull Bull and Rocky. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, they kept, like, edging each other out. And then at the last minute, Rocky won. Yeah. After being down, actually, a bit. So very much like Rocky. Yeah, so if you voted for Rocky late, you were probably the tie-breaking vote. Yeah. uh, Listener. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) And I think those were two were easy to agree on, and then I threw Bloodsport into the mix because I think it's a great boxing movie and underrated, actually, because people think it's like a hokey 80s movie. Yeah, it remains underrated. Um, <laughs> but it's quietly really good, so I'll keep it on my list. Okay, well, we can run both of these back, I think, Yeah. Um, at, at some point. But the, we'll... These other two are more obvious, though, so Rocky kind of like yeah. set the mold for a sports movie. In that, in a sense, yeah. I mean, it, and it's kind of the prototypical boxing movie in a lot of ways. And if I think if you look at a lot of boxing movies that come after it, it's you see them to, modeling themselves after this movie. It's hard to get away from Rocky. Yeah, if you look at like um, like Cinderella Man and uh, the Jake Hall one, and like there's a lot of uh, like Salpa. Yeah, there's a lot of like coming from nothing and using boxing as the way to be mm-hmm. the, yeah, the or champion. Like MMA or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or even, you know, other non-boxing sports kind of model themselves it's on this, too. a common too. sports theme. Yeah. 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 And, well, and, and boxing in particular really lends itself to drama and film. Um, it's, you know, action-packed and bloody, for one thing, but it's mm. also, like, an individual versus an individual. Yeah. Um, so you only have to really articulate that one person's challenge. It is, a, it, the, it sports movies in general, just the unifying opposites in the sense that there are two people that want opposite things, and the only way that you can get the thing they want is by denying the other person the thing they want. Yeah. That's the nature of sports, and also, conveniently, the nature of drama. Yeah. Um, so it, boxing, in particular, lends itself to that in a very immediate way. Um, so it's not a surprise that we see so many classic boxing movies um, really like shed genre trappings in a lot of way, and like not get saddled with the 
I don't know, stereotypes that come with being a genre film and become more of a prestige movie like Raging Bull and now like this one is kind of this almost indie darling kind of uh, boxing movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's likely why a lot of people voted for it. Um, it's also just a good movie. Um, so I think it resonates with people in that way. It's also a movie with like seven movies in the series. Yeah. So if you've seen a lot of those, like it probably feels pretty significant if you like grew up with Rocky or if you watched it with your family. Um, so I think in it's that only way. six. But so there's one through five. There's Rocky Creed. Balboa, and then there's Creed. Oh, I so there's this. Rocky Balboa. You forgot. Yeah, that's easy to do. There's seven if you count Creed. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's a lot. <laughs> like this character <laughs> has shown up in a lot of movies. Uh, so I think in that way it uh, has also uh, influenced the culture. Um, but what do you think of this one, uh, Charles? This is uh, our first sports movie, um, mm -hmm. and that's kind of how we landed on this theme. Is we wanted to do a sports movie. How did, how did this one land for you? Uh, I actually felt really disappointed by this movie okay. since, you know, I've heard so much about it. It's so often referenced. Uh, it's become like, you know, a part of like American culture in a way. And so I, I think I expected more than what I got maybe. But I don't know. A lot of it just didn't hit the mark. It just felt kind of off to me um, for various reasons. Like, you know, I expected kind of that underdog like training story. Um leading up to the big fight but it never felt like there was that much momentum to his training like i mean they do show one scene where he's having trouble doing his run in the morning and then another scene and then where he, doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have trouble right but it doesn't feel like he's really sacrificing very much um or like working that hard to kind of get to the physical form he needs for this fight it never really feels like he's doing that um, his relationship with Adrian doesn't feel that convincing either. Uh, I mean, there's a few nice scenes there, but like, you know, their first date's a little weird. And, yeah, we're um, going to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's troublesome. Indeed. I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, um, we'll get it's not really, that. it's not really developed. It's just right after that really awkward and distressing scene, um, they're just together. Um, Apollo Creed's character isn't really that well developed. You get the impression that he's very successful and he's kind of a smart businessman kind of guy, right? But he never feels that, you never feel that kind of rivalry, I guess, that you need to make the fight feel like it matters. They never really set that up. He barely interacts with Rocky at all throughout the entire movie. Maybe I have certain expectations for how this movie should be based on tropes. Um, that this movie didn't really fulfill, but I just never felt like those that kind of adversarial relationship Rocky that that made the fight more intense. Um, you know, yeah. some of some of these aspects just meant that the movie didn't feel like it really came together for me in the end. Yeah, I mean, I actually hear a lot of that. Like, I I, I get where you're coming from. Like, in a lot of ways, this movie feels more important than good. Rewatching it, I was like, yeah. this movie is bad. Just bad. It's <laughs> yeah. not right bad. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you, Charles hit the nail on the head here. Like the, the courtship stuff is like really troubling. Awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get more into that. Yeah. Um, the it just feels like kind of a crazy person walking around the streets of Philadelphia, <laughs> and then yeah. there's uh, and I think that there are like a lot of like racial undertones to the movie as well, um, or overtones. Yeah, I mean, but the, the movie. Like, hangs a lamp on it, right? Because they, they talk about how, like, they explicitly say, there here's a white guy fighting a black guy, mm -hmm. a black guy fighting a white guy. Um, they talk about it on TV. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's, they're not terribly subtle about it. Yeah, I think, like, historically, boxing has, like, often been a 
vehicle for that. So yes, yeah, because it goes yeah. back to old England, right? Like that's where boxing started is bare knuckle fighting on the streets, right? Yeah. Uh, so yes, you're correct. There is there are uh, racial there's a racial component to this movie without a doubt, um, and it's told from a very explicitly white perspective, right? Like this this is a uh, it's a working class movie, right? Like kind of before it's a boxing movie, it's a working class movie, um, and we see over and over again depictions of very poor people in very desperate situations. Rocky plays a, he is a, but a, not a, not quite a hitman, but like a shakedown guy. A loan shark, I think they called it. Sure, a loan shark. Well, um, he works for a loan shark. So, yeah, yeah, so he's not even a loan shark. He's like the muscle <laughs> he's, he's, for the loan shark. He's a loan shark's lackey. Right, and his, and his, and Paulie, like, wants to aspire to be a loan shark's lackey. <laughs> like, he's only a butcher, which seems like it would be an okay gig. Yeah. Um, and his ambition is to become <laughs> this guy that breaks thumbs for money. Uh, so, yeah, like, I think that, like, to the movie's credit, you see over and over again uh, this depiction of uh, of working class white people and what it was actually like. And that feels very honest to me, and that feels very true to me. Um, in a way that doesn't absolve the movie of its, you know, racial sins and gender problems and narrative dramatic problems, mm-hmm. um, but is still effective and still works. And I think it gets to why Stallone was making this movie in the first place. Um, yeah. And I think it, it kind of mirrors his own experience, right? Because he was not anyone important prior to this. He, he was a working class guy himself. He was a roadie. He was a roadie. Okay. For his brother's band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there we go. So he was he was a roadie. And so he makes this movie and makes it big, which is kind of literally the dream. Um, so, And now he's the more famous Stallone. By a wide margin, because I didn't even know I that he... I, I didn't know he had a brother. I, his yeah. brother was like a known guy. Like the yeah. band was like known. What was his band called? Frank Stallone and the somethings. I don't know. Really? No, I didn't made that up. Frank Stallone and the Rockies? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Frank Stallone. Let's see what his band is. <laughs> is, it even gonna, is it even, do you think they have a uh, iTunes page? Yeah. Can we go buy their album? Oh, I bet you can. I okay. mean, his music is like known and he's done work for his brother's movies. This movie? Yeah, for some of the, for some of this movie as well. He's like the guy on the corner singing the song. That was a good song. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's very I don't even remember it. It's when they're yeah. yeah it's, it's I towards, remember the scene. I don't remember what the song sounds like. If they're like harmonizing, and it was yeah. kind of like this almost a doo-wop feel to it. Yeah, like, I remember. I remember liking. I it. guess in in Philly they just had people singing on the street corners. In Philly movies they do. That's yeah. for sure. Um, and speaking of which, this is kind of the Philly movie, right? Yeah. Like it, 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 even more so than Philadelphia, and more so than like a Philadelphia story, like. This movie is what you think of when you think of movies that happen in Philadelphia, and it kind of kind of defined the city cinematically more than anything else. And like, it still touched the stone. For it helps that he runs past all the iconic landmarks. Is that yeah? It's kind of exactly right. Yeah, and like it kind of. I don't know if it gave Philly the reputation as like this, you know, rough and tumble working class town. Um, but Definitely still has that. I don't know but if you've, it, like, yeah, visited it, recently. But. I, know, I haven't. But uh, <laughs> right. yes, it, it feels still, that way when you go. That is how you think of it, right? Like that's the that's the Philadelphia and the popular consciousness is this town that's a little bit rougher. Like even like their sports fans still have this reputation as being, 
you know, drunk jerks in every game. Like, it, I think that's so many sports teams, though. The Philadelphia is worse. Steelers fans are like notorious yeah. for it. Steelers, another sure, case. but very specific incident where they were like pelting a Santa with. I thought that was. Cans. I thought that was Philadelphia. I thought that happened at like a. A Phillies game. Oh, it might have been a Phillies game. Yeah. But it's in Philadelphia. It's right. Well, the Steelers are in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's the Philadelphia oh, right. Eagles. No, I'm not a sports fan over here. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, they're basically the same. Right. Yeah. So maybe it was an Eagles game. I don't know. But um, on, let's see. We can let's see where figure this out. Really, I, I'm almost certain that it was Philadelphia fans that did that. Beer can. How do I search for this beer can Santa? <laughs> well, you have to put Philadelphia in there. I think. Philadelphia Eagles fans boo Santa. Oh, it was the Eagles top right. hit? Okay, nice. Def- definitely was not. So I was right. Right sport event. Wrong team name. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, wrong city. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, so they still have that reputation, and I think that I don't think you can trace like a direct line back to Rocky, but I think that this movie helped to build that. Yeah, like as Philadelphia as this, you know, hard place. Um, I wish the movie were better. Yeah, right, like that. That's just it. Yeah, I think it just is one of those films that just like doesn't hold up that people. Part of me wonders is like, well, was this made before the the sports movie tropes were properly set up? Because it didn't match any of my expectations for what would happen in an underdog story sports movie. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, partially like or wholly defines them. Yeah, right. Like, I don't. I was trying to do research on this before, but I couldn't find information. But I think like. This is one of the first like training montages that we see. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes a lot and of sense. So I think it like defines that like moment, which is like, you know, many times parodied, but also like reused many times over. Yeah, so. and I I think it's telling that the famous sequence in this movie is that is the training montage and not the actual fight, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, nobody re- really remembers. The rest of the movie's like a bummer. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like, kind and of, it's a little slowly paced. Yeah, yeah slower than I expected. He spends a lot of time walking around on the streets of Philadelphia, you know, yeah. hassling kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so slut shaming girls, right? That, yeah. that girl was like maybe ten. <laughs> like she was very young. Yeah, and he's like telling her about how she might be a whore someday. <laughs> it's nice. like, okay, that's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I think kind of leads us back to the sequence with Adrian because their whole date—not their whole date, but the bulk of their date. Is really creepy and just yeah. absolutely soaked in rape culture. And I think that it was when I was watching, I was like, "This is every like, every red this, flag. This is right. rape culture. Yep. Yeah, every yeah. single like red perfectly flag. illustrated. Yeah, and it's like, they, they try to play it as something sweet and romantic, and like he's wooing her and all this stuff, and it, it he literally traps her in that apartment until she yeah. will sleep with him. And I mean, people where wonder like where this stuff comes from. It's yeah. like you're you're taught like via media to. Yep. Like, do things like yeah this, this is this is how you get the girl right this that's is what you it, have to do exactly correct like this yeah. is a, a great example of how toxic it is and like all the bad behavior that it endorses and teaches people yeah right and and the like the the ice skate scene before that is kind of sweet and i think can kind of work as showing him I as this that was a nice moment yeah like he's this nervous guy and she's super shy and like his way of dealing with nervousness is to talk a lot and her way of dealing with nervousness is to close up and not say anything and right. they like. I mean, it's an interesting way that these two people could fit together. Right, right, and that could work, and then it doesn't work at all because yeah. they tear it down with this truly horrifying scene. Yeah. Um, that just I, I can't she, imagine that played that well at the time, but it must. She's so powerless, right? Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. he could like two percent punch her, and she would just die. Right. <laughs> well, and he's like, so like, why would she leave? Right, when she's being 
threatened exactly. by someone in a ghetto, right? <laughs> right, in this apartment yeah. that she's never been to, like, in the middle of the night, right? Like By a mob guy? By like, a mob guy who is also an amateur boxer who is, like, literally flexing in front of her. Yeah, and we <laughs> know, like, so much more about, like, brain damage and how, like, it makes people aggressive. And, right, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. There's just... There's, yeah, like, every single red flag, like, went off. One yeah. after another after another. Yeah, like, as soon as he, like, traps her against the door on the oh, wall. Oh, and yeah, that head. was the worst. That was the worst part. Like, that's... Yeah, yeah. so she can't leave, yeah. right? And she can't get around him. And, yeah, this like, blocking the exits. Like, it was just every single thing. Um, so... And even if she got out, like, what, like, not, like... There wouldn't be any police, I would, like... Right, of course not. Save right. her. And he right. could chase her down... It would be trivial. And right? her family <clears throat> is just this jerk. Yeah. 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 Paulie's a fucking monster in this movie. He's horrible. Yeah. And he appears like throughout the whole series. Yeah. He's a mainstay. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, most of the characters. Why does he, he like flips out at one point and starts breaking shit, which is terrifying. But like, why did he even flip out? I don't remember. It, part of it was that he was drunk. Like, that was, yeah, that was pretty clear. It's a good story. Uh, and I think part, I think what the scene was, I think the goal of the scene was to show the frustration of, a guy who can't make it, right? Like, here, sure. here's this guy that has been, you know, working his whole life. He has essentially not that much to show for it. Yeah. He has no prospects going forward, no future to look forward to. He wants to be a mob guy, right? Right. it's, like, the only way out of poverty for <clears throat> yeah. someone. At least that's like how he this. understands it, which yeah. doesn't make any sense because he has a house, right? Like, he has this place to live, and Raggy's living in this, who has that job, is living Dingy in this apartment. shitty apartment that is evidently, like, one room and covered in garbage. Um, so I don't understand how he thinks that's going to help him out. It, it felt like a like a medieval sale of his sister yeah. off to Rocky, <laughs> yeah. right? Because well, she it, she was like a burden to Polly, I guess. Well, it but, seemed yeah. like that scene was to make Adrian seem more vulnerable, so that Rocky could save her from her situation. Yeah, yes. look like the good guy. That was part of it. Although he, she ends up soothing polly to like talk him down a little bit but yeah like part of it was yeah because uh, she leaves shortly thereafter that right like she, she moves out she, she moves out rocky yeah so i think yeah i think that that was part of it too so yeah she's like in danger from like both polly and rocky yeah but the movie only recognizes the danger from polly right because yeah you would she's supposed to be saved by rocky which she is um so yeah like that character is not handled well at any point as far as i can tell um Right, and so, and because it's handled so poorly, like the famous ending moment when he's calling her name after he <laughs> goes the distance against Apollo Creed, zero sense. Makes zero sense and doesn't she, resonate on any real level. It's just confusing. Yeah. She should be in like witness protection, and, right? Like, she should have just fled, put in a car in like, California <laughs> yeah. or something. Well, I mean, yeah. she's written to love him back, I she, guess. Yeah, so. yeah, because she's written yeah. by by Stallone. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So this, I mean, this movie is to character. a large degree with fulfillment. Um, so yeah. I can't find a good choice with that character. Like, I don't think they ever did the right thing there. I think people misremember this movie and they misremember or do not understand Rambo to Rambo. I think yeah. Rambo is like also mischaracterized. Yeah. In the other direction. The, the yeah. first like Rambo movie. Yeah. So like the first Rambo movie is like a serious like look at like Vietnam and like how it kind of anti-war. Like, yeah. Like yeah. pretty anti-war movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Rambo 2 becomes this, like, cartoonish, yeah. like, Schwarzenegger film just with Stallone. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and then the rest of the series is just sort of follows in, in that just fashion. Just over-the-top machine gun action. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Rocky series kind of follows like a similar trajectory where it's like this weird and like very serious portrait of, uh, of poverty. And, right. And then it kind of jumps into the more cartoonish. Like It becomes like a parody of itself. Where yeah. It's like, all right, now we've like figured out what all the tropes are and what all the beats are of the story. We'll just do that again, again. but we'll make it like Soviets versus U.S. Right. And then right. like a robot will train us. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. funny because like Apollo Creed looks like this ridiculous like satire of patriotism. Yeah, because he's always like decked out in American gear, and he shows up with like the Uncle Sam hat <laughs> and all that shit. Yeah, um, but then apparently Rocky just becomes that sort of character unironically in the later movies, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, because he defeats Ivan Drago and ends the Cold War, right? Like yeah. that's Rocky for. Yeah, um, so they kind of lose sight of that. Yeah, and it's interesting what they do in Creed with that because Creed follows essentially all the same beats of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead character is uh, Apollo Creed's illegitimate son who like finds out at the mm-hmm. end of the movie that he's his son um so the the narrative like follows the same beats but it becomes about like black men being abandoned by their fathers and also like a man who's trying to step out of the shadow of a father who was a huge figure in the mm-hmm. field that he's pursuing and like trying to you know show that he can stand on his own yeah. and so like there's space within these tropes to do interesting things right like there is yeah. space with the, i mean an underdog story is a classic for a reason um and it's a shame that these movies didn't decide to utilize those to some sort of meaningful end rather than mm-hmm. just you know the self-gratification that even is here in this first one that that inspires the rest of the seven movies in the series <laughs> i think one of the other reasons this movie doesn't translate well is boxing is like incredibly popular in this movie yeah and that's just like completely died yeah like yeah i I feel like i don't know like any young people that watch boxing yeah i know a couple um but not like that would identify as i feel like people really got together for the floyd mayweather manny pacquiao fight yeah that was a big deal um but that was like the first time that was like what like two years ago yeah something like that yeah yeah Yeah. it's like i think this is something that people are watching like like football like right. every week or regularly <clears throat> and we just like boxing's just died yeah because it's it's boring first of all. <laughs> yeah. i think mma is just like really ate its lunch and i think in hopefully as a culture we've kind of moved away from blood sport blood, blood sport yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. although yeah. we've just like shifted it to football to fo- but, yeah because yeah, yeah there, there's not really a way to make football safe uh, and like, yeah, there's arguments around that. Still be the yeah. same game. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you're correct. Uh, that there was a time when boxing was super popular, and that time has come and gone. Right. Like yeah. that's that's just the the way it is. Which is funny because like Philly's like inversion to that, right? Yeah. Philly's like really down in the dumps, and now yeah. Philly's like really nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. getting better. <laughs> Once you get rid of boxing, yeah, you know, it's really <laughs> boxing's fault. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, or obviously it's poverty, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, also, on a side note, I don't think I, I don't know that much about boxing, but the the boxing depicted on screen seemed kind of off because it felt like Rocky was just taking punches to the face the entire time. Yes, <laughs> yeah, he had no defense. Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I assume you're not supposed to just take punches to the face <laughs> constantly. No, it seems like, like a bad plan. You would die. Like, yeah, yeah. Even the best boxers, like, 
I assume, I'm not a boxing expert, but <laughs> you would think. I would assume if you got hit by like two hits like that, you would just like you could die. Yeah, like, and yeah. especially in rapid succession. Yeah, right? like yeah. Assuming I'm seeing it right, in both fights, he starts off just taking punches to the face. Like, what is that? Yeah, I think they're trying to set him up as like he's tough, right? Like he doesn't have the fancy training that all these other guys have, but he can take a punch because he's a tough working class guy. And I think that's why they do it. But yeah, yeah. it makes no sense. And he's just, been he's been taking hits all his life, right? They don't, right. They, there's no emphasis put on the fact that he is being punched in the face. So there's this weird kind of dissonance to the to that. Yeah, I mean, they, you get some of it at like the the end of the final fight with with Creed, where he's yeah. they have him like between rounds, and they have to cut his eye, and like there's the blood spurt everywhere, mm. um, and like he he does look pretty beat up at that point. Yeah, um, but it still doesn't make any sense that his technique would be so poor. Yeah, <laughs> right, like that. He doesn't understand you're supposed to put your hands up in front of your face. To yeah, it's like basic that. boxing. Right. Yeah, he never does any of that. Yeah, but I, I, don't I think they it. do that for movies though, because like in. Of what I've seen of real boxing, they like hardly hit each other. They're mostly like, and I think that's the reason why people stop watching boxing because <laughs> like the actual <laughs> fight is not that interesting because they avoid getting hit because yeah, so well getting, that getting such punched that they like can't hit each other. Yeah, that, I mean, that was the that was the big complaint uh, the the Mayweather Pacquiao fight that you mentioned. Can nothing happen, right? right? Like these people that probably yeah, but then the boxing enthusiasts are all like, well, the fight is like it's on there. You just don't know what it is because you're not. Enough into boxing, and that's right? it, yeah, and that's just it. Like, whereas you which can, which is like a fair thing to say, it is fair, like, it's if just you, it's like the same less accessible. Ba- right. Baseball is like the same critique, it's, right? It's like, like watching StarCraft, where like if you're not playing the game, you don't know what's going on, so it can be boring to watch until like lasers start flying around, right? Yeah. But if you're into the game, then everything matters, yeah. I mean, but if you watch like game seven of the NBA finals, that's exciting. No matter who you are, basketball makes right. so much sense. Exactly. Though, yeah. right? Like right. it's so clear, like what's happening in basketball. <clears throat> right. There is nuance, obviously, to the strategy, but like right. games like football and baseball and like more complex games like like computer games, right, mm-hmm. are just like complete gibberish unless you like. Yeah, you have to have some with, sense of what's knowledge. happening. Whereas basketball, like you could say, you get two points when you score a basket, you have to keep dribbling. Yeah, and when you stop dribbling, you can't start again. I'm like, that's yeah. it. I'm like you, and you can get that. You can pick that up just by watching. You don't need someone to explain it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you put ball in place. Yeah, exactly. Put the ball in the hoop. Uh, so, yeah, I think that, that you're right uh, in in that sense that boxing fell off because. It's not that it's interesting to watch. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> really boring. Yeah, it's interesting to watch. It's yeah. bloody and gross, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Carl Weathers in this movie a whole bunch. He's great. Yeah. yeah. He's a lot of fun. I wanted to yeah. see more of him and yeah. get yes. a better feel for his character because yep. he's Agree. probably the most interesting character in the movie. He, he's the most totally. like, like fun character in the movie. Like Everyone Absolutely. else is so dour and sad all the time. And He also seems to be the yeah. smartest guy in the entire movie. Yeah. So he has he has very good business sense, right? He's right. Very wily and clever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the scene like where they have the really obvious juxt- juxtaposition where it's Rocky's on TV like punching the meat or whatever, and there's they cut to um, Creed like planning his marketing strategy in Canada, <laughs> something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it's just like okay, he's always, <laughs> like, he's always dressed so nice. Too. Yeah, he looks really sharp. Um, the the when he comes in dressed as you know George Washington is like the, <laughs> oh, the, he's on the boat too. He's I forgot the, he's like yeah, doing he's the Delaware crossing the Delaware in a, in a literal sense. That was awesome. That was awesome. <laughs> so I yeah I think that he is the most fun part of the movie and it's not that close. Yeah, I, I want to see like the Creed Creed movie. Yeah, it's 
he's not in it because he's dead. But um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's uh, Creed is so much better than this movie. <laughs> I mean, Carl Weathers is a great actor, right? Yeah, he's really good in yeah. Predator. We both mm-hmm. I think we all liked him yeah. in that film. Yeah, and uh, and Arrested Development. And Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, gone. Um, so yeah, I think that I, I wish that this movie had tapped into more of that dynamic, right? Because I think that the the it doesn't need to be so just like beat on these characters so much, mm-hmm. <clears throat> right? Um, and it, it kind of does take away a little bit. See, I felt like there was a lot of <clears throat> potential for commentary in the Apollo Creed character. I just couldn't really piece together something that felt that meaningful. But like, there's a lot to it, right? Because like you talked about earlier, the like racial conflict there but we have the black guy as a successful rich guy instead right. this time uh, and there's also the commentary of like you know he's like marketing the event he's doing this event just to get views and like make money yep um and he also has like kind of like over the top patriotism representing america whereas it seems like they're trying to portray rocky as like the quote-unquote real american yeah i think that's exactly what they're doing and like and also like his like Creed's patriotism is he's in on the joke right uh-huh. like he knows that it is goofy and over the top he's not taking it seriously yeah. um, I think that the very cynical reading would be that this is a white man's fear of <laughs> black people encroaching on what America is and okay. what success is I and who's getting sport, money too right yeah sure yeah Rocky's just like a random <clears throat> guy but he's able to like hold his own against the yeah. the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. Right. Speaking of which, like in the the fight scenes at the end, Creed clearly has like thirty pounds on him, right? Like he's freaking huge. He's like a good six inches taller. Like it makes no sense that they're fighting each other. Yeah. I think he literally yeah. at least is twenty pounds heavier than Rocky when they read out their weights. Which is incoherent, right? Like there's yeah. rules in boxing yeah. <laughs> that say you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Um. But no, I'm sorry. Go. Ahead. What were you saying? No, I mean that that's it, right? Just yeah. that there's like this you know white fear of like sports being taken over well being replaced by black men right yeah like, this is this is the alt-right fear right is that they, it, <laughs> yeah. is, it is no, that, it is that that minorities are going to show up and replace the unearned white spot of power and privilege mm-hmm. and that is in the most cynical reading what this movie is depicting and sports being like the most level playing field right and they've just like accelerated like so much better yep yeah, and I think that it's no coincidence that uh, once Rocky is selected to fight Creed halfway through the movie, uh, and they're on TV together, it, Creed looks a lot like Muhammad Ali and speaks a lot like Muhammad Ali. And apparently, this is inspired by like a real fight between Ali and, and some some, some guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who <laughs> was able to like who who was a professional boxer but was able to like hold his own against Ali. Okay. And he, that guy, whoever that is, actually sued Stallone, and they settled. <laughs> really? They settled. Yeah. Oh wow, that's Dang. funny. Because he, S- Stallone, like, kind of came out and said, like, "Yeah, this is based on <laughs> like that well, fight," and the guy was just like, "And, and Stallone, the cool. went, fuck." Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like dollar signs like appear in the guy's eyes, <laughs> yeah. and like, right? <laughs> yeah. Eleven thousand. That is a true yeah. American. Yeah, there we go. There yeah. we go. But um, but yeah, I think this speaks to this like yeah, this fear of like being replaced and mm-hmm. it was sort of our like last go of it for the working class sort right. of guy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. like like he doesn't actually win at the end, right? Like that the the win is still a loss, right? This idea that 
yeah. you, you can't actually make it that it's a it's a losing fight. Um, yeah, so I think that it's an unfortunately plausible conservative reading of this movie, uh, which may be why it appeals to another reason why it appeals to so many people. And Stallone wrote it, so <clears throat> and and Stallone wrote it makes sense, like based on what yeah. I understand of his what politics. we know about him now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that is a bummer. Uh, I, I I want to talk about Polly more because I think that he fits into that same narrative, right? Because he's kind of the more he's like know, the believe... most downtrodden, right? Exactly, yeah. right? Like he is the most downtrodden. He is the one that is being most like he's the guy that's actually going to be replaced, right? Because he is so inept and really doesn't have that much to offer and like so despicable. Um, I wish the movie understood that more, right? And like the biggest like victim of like a small business tyrant right? yeah yeah like he's not afforded like <clears throat> protections of his job and mm-hmm. um right. like he, he says like... at one point that like his hands are screwed up because right. he's in a freezer all day yeah right and it's mm. like oh yeah that makes sense because <clears throat> like a business like this would abuse its employees yes yeah, of course like, they would and everything like in that sequence felt like unsafe like when he's going into when he's in the freezer and yeah the first time yeah and he has this like kind of spindly knife that he's like cutting meat up <laughs> right like that like, could go wrong in everything a seemed like a health hazard right like, well and he's like that. like what are they doing with that piece of meat after he's done punching it right like are they serving it up are they yeah are they selling it <laughs> like and he just like is someone gonna eat that goes home with like bloody cow, yeah cow blood like bandage all over his hands this is like <laughs> yeah, this is, this is like bovine e. virus. Yeah, <laughs> right. E. coli. Yeah, right. Yeah. They just they the oh, that's like well, yeah, I don't know if I'm just like too... now it's an iconic boxing image. It is, of course. Um, the meat. And then he gets home, and um, Adrian is like taking his bandages off, and mm-hmm. they just like put the bandages like on the arm of the couch. Okay, I, I saw that, that. <laughs> and I was like, no! <laughs> I was like, you should just throw that couch out. Like, you should just burn it. Yeah, burn it. Burn, burn the whole it. apartment down. Because, like, is, none of this yeah. is safe. Yeah, because yeah. now it's cow blood mixed with rocky blood, and yeah, that can't And be. he was getting sprayed by it, too, as he's, like, punching the... Yeah, he was punching it real hard. corpse. He's a good puncher. <laughs> yeah. But it trained him to, like, break ribs, right? That was, like... Right, was supposed to do right. Well, tenderize, tenderize the meat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that when you put it that way, that seems super creepy and, and uh, unsafe. All the health hazards. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I and mean, so going back to like Polly, like he's a victim of poverty and capitalism. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I mean the movie, but the movie doesn't really get at that, right? Like they, they kind of sympathize with him. In, they also kind of like play it for jokes. Like, yeah. 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 And he's like comically poor. It's like a very old timey version of alcoholism where it's like funny. Right. Right. And like, like a personality quirk. Yeah. Right. Like it's, he's drinking throughout this movie. Yeah. Right? Like, and at work and he has, goes on a drunken tirade where he almost beats up his sister and yeah. Yeah. And like threatens Rocky multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wrote it down here. Polly is kind of an asshole. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, I was like, and then that was... You just need yeah. to put a cross to the kind, kind of, of part. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He <laughs> yeah. is an asshole. Um, I was reminded a lot of uh, On the Waterfront. Um, neither of you have seen On the Waterfront. I don't know Sorry. if I've heard of it. 
Okay, on the, on the waterfront is a Marlon Brando movie. He plays a dock worker in Brooklyn in the 50s or something. Uh, and one of the big conflicts that you eventually find out towards the end of the movie is that he was a boxer when he was younger. Mm-hmm. And his brother, who is like a mid-level uh, mob guy, convinces him to throw his big fight so mm-hmm. that they can like capitalize on it. And I, f- I feel like this movie is is drawing on on some of that where he uh like when he's arguing with mickey with the trainer and he says uh oh you're just like a mob shakedown guy and he says oh it's a living it's like it's a waste of living right and i feel like this is pulling on on some of that this idea that when you're that poor when you're living in those kind of circumstances that there's you can constantly look back at all these opportunities that you missed right like these things that you you could have done and didn't um, and mm-hmm. on the waterfront does it better. <laughs> on the waterfront mm-hmm. is a better movie than Rocky, uh, but I think that it is still drawing on some of those same ideas, um, and just not really digging in into them way, in the same right? way. Because yeah. it's like you made these. Like it makes poverty seem unnatural, right? Yeah. Like it's like oh, it's your fault. Like you've you've made the wrong decisions, right? And that have like those have led up to that point, right? Versus like. Polly, who's like more like stuck in where he is and like doesn't have opportunity. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things that that's interesting about uh, the waterfront. Like the most famous scene in the movie, you probably recognize the like I could have been somebody, I could have been a contender. Mm-hmm. You know, that's on the waterfront. Uh, and that's not familiar, right? So Brando is delivering that line to his brother, and he, his his line is like, "You should have been looking out for me, Charlie. Like I was your kid brother. Like you you should have been doing more." Um, so it's kind of. Not, it's avoiding that problem, right? Like it, it's saying that he, he is a victim of circumstance. He is a victim of where he was, where he was born. He is a victim of his brother. Um, whereas this movie is, yeah, I think doing what, what you're saying, where it's like, well, if you hadn't fucked up so hard, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't your fault. Like, yeah, you would <laughs> you, be poor if you were better. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I think it is also interesting that the first shot in this movie is a mural of Jesus with the word resurrection underneath it. Oh, I didn't see the the word. It's resurrection. That is I just that. saw Jesus, and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting way to start this movie. <clears throat> yeah, and I think that it's like a pretty clear parallel that they're drawing on there, right? Like uh-huh. big white Jesus um, resurrecting after being killed. And here we have Rocky as this white savior coming along to resurrect the past that he never had. And, mm-hmm. and Philadelphia. And, and Philadelphia, yeah. all working class people. Yep, all white working class people. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I think that that is... Probably not a super tasteful moment, but it's somewhere that the movie went. Um, but yeah, that's the word under there. Resurrection. Okay. Yeah. Um, what do we think of a coach? He's another character that, like, he lived to the ripe old age of 89. He died uh, in the 90s. Um, and he was in multiple Rocky movies. Right, he's in at least, like, four of them, I think. Yeah. So that, that guy comes back again and again. Charles, what do you think? Mickey? That seemed kind of strange. I mean, he spent... The first half of the movie, yelling at Rocky and trying to get Rocky to, like, basically throwing Rocky out of his gym. Yep. And then as soon as Rocky has his big break, he, like, comes crawling back. <laughs> right. like, I like, want to train you now. Go Raven. Yeah. But then, like, he, they just start working together like nothing happened. Yeah. Like, I've, like they, they have, the like, a pretty nice moment in his apartment um, that I think kind of yeah. gets at the ethos of really what Rocky's going through and, like, really blaming Mickey for... I guess kind of maybe countering the point that we raised earlier, kind of blaming Mickey for not sticking up for him when he was younger. Uh, but 
No, Mickey's yeah. like, no, it's your fault. Right. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I think that Mickey's wrong. Right. Like, and I think the movie yeah. thinks Mickey is wrong. Right, because he's arguing with our hero, and this movie never really points to anything. Rocky. I'm pretty does sure Mickey is like a, a slur for like Irish people too. Mick uh, is right. I think Mickey <laughs> is as well. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, not a mistake. I'm I'm sure. I doubt that's his real name. Right. Yeah, because it's a play on like the M M C. Right. Like, yeah. Every yeah. like McDonald and uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That that is a slur for Irish people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that character is somehow stuck, right? Like he is I guess. still there throughout the series. Um, and I guess he works as like this, you know, curmudgeonly old, you know, veteran boxing coach kind of guy. Um, but yeah, it's weird that that was the guy that they decided to keep bringing back. I mean, he kind of yelled at Rocky for doing the mob work, so he takes on a slightly paternal role there. Yeah, I mean, it's clearly... He comes and, like, yeah. kind of begs him for forgiveness after... Yeah. Like, yeah. chastising him. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, in, in Creed, it's Stallone that takes on that role. Like, Stallone yeah. is the Mickey character for Michael B. Jordan's uh, Creed character. I thought it was a good performance. It felt like one of the better performances in the movie. It yeah. was like a sort of believable character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, and I'm actually, like, I think Burt Young did a good job Stallone's too. Stallone's like, yeah. rambling crazy person. <laughs> performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You could, you, he was a first-time actor, right? Like, he, Was he? And I, he I, I thought this was his I know that this, was like, this put him on the map. But I, he must have like done something on. before this. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. They got, they got names in this one. Like Carl Weathers was somebody here and so was... Joe Frazier. Oh, yeah. He's in a ton of movies before this. And Is he really? TV. That one. Oh. That was what I know. He's on Kojak. He was in Death Race 2000, which I've seen. Oh. Okay. Um, pretty rocky. I didn't know. What is Death Race 2000? So, in the future. The <laughs> future year of 2000. You, you've never heard of Death Race? It's one of these, like, kind of schlocky... Isn't that the one where they, like, award points for running people over? It's Yes. It's in the category of, like, Escape from New York. Where okay. it's, like... In the post-nuclear hellscape of, 1997. of the U.S., there's, uh, yeah, it, it's <laughs> probably 1992 because it's yeah. from the mid-70s. Um, you know, there's a game show, you know, okay. it's one of these conceits. Yeah. Um, and the, it's it's kind of like a no-holds-bar, like, car race. Um, of course, Stallone made this movie. Yeah, yeah. and um, done by prisoners, right? Right. Yes, yeah. again, of course, still on this movie. No, he's he's just a character in, right, like, in that movie. Was he in this movie? They yeah. remade it in the, within the last ten years with like Jason Statham. That movie was sick. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was a good like kind of throwback because they were like, hey, let's do this like eighties like action horror thing yeah. again, and then it was done like really well. So okay, and then he's in uh, Bananas. Oh yeah. yeah. That's right. I forgot Just that. as Subway Thug number one. Okay. <laughs> He's uncredited. Wait, no, I was thinking of something else then. Okay, I don't know. Apparently, he also made a movie where he sings. And you, didn't we mention this on an earlier yeah. episode? Yeah, um, he's in uh, with... Uh, oh, my God. That movie is horrible. With um, uh, Oscar, right? Isn't it called Oscar? Um, it's called... I can find it. Okay. But, yeah, he... he I can't Ryan imagine. Ryan Stone. Ryan... Okay, then he was in two movies where he sings. <laughs> Because I was thinking of something else. So he's opposite Dolly Parton. Yeah. And he, like, becomes a singer to, like, save a music club. And so, like, Dolly Parton, like, teaches him to be, like, a country star. Right, And yeah. then he has, like, the audacity huh. to 
actually sing against Dolly Parton. <laughs> and so it's like Dolly Parton, one of the greatest like vocalists of all time. And it's being yelled at by <laughs> Sylvester Stallone over music, essentially. <laughs> uh, I believe Frank Stallone did the, the all music. the songs for Rhinestone. Wow. Right. Paying him back for all those uh, roadie gigs. I only know this because <laughs> How Did This Get Made did it. Okay. Yeah. I've, and no. I didn't watch it because I was like, I can't like stomach this movie. <laughs> Isn't that the oh, idea? Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, there there are certain ones I just like can't. Yeah. Do. Um, oh no, I was wrong. Uh, Dolly Parton wrote all the songs for Rhinestone. Okay. Well, that was probably a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's a an actual country music star and one of the greats, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you have Dolly Parton around, I was like, actually, Dolly, we're gonna have. Frank Stallone, right? <laughs> you, I mean, you never you're just know. Gonna sing the songs like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, it feels like after this movie, Stallone like found this. I don't want to say niche, but I don't know stereotype as like the action movie guy, and never did anything beyond that. He's like a second-rate Schwarzenegger, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. And yeah. that, I like he, that they poke fun of that in Last Action Hero, where they have him replace Arnold as the Terminator in the movie verse. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's a weird movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a super weird. Didn't Shane Black write that? Or, I don't know. Okay, I think you. I might just remember it. enjoying it. I liked all the meta commentary on action movies. Yeah, yeah it's a super like postmodern movie. Yeah, bizarrely. Um, I don't wonder how much of that Arnold Schwarzenegger understood <laughs> when, he, <laughs> uh, when he got it. I'd like to think Schwarzenegger's a smart guy. Yeah, yes. you're probably right. Yes, yeah, that was that. fair. We've had that conversation before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it feels like Stone was never that interested in going beyond just that, right? Just like yeah. the the trope of Schwarzenegger, right? Like what yeah. we think of as Schwarzenegger is what Stone actually did. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think he has like a decent eye for like to give him credit, like I think he understands like what's going to sell. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And he he know like yeah. he has a very good read on like what action movies people will like. Yeah. So the irony then is that yeah. he is much more like Apollo Creed than Rocky. Right? Yeah. Because Creed's thing in this movie was that he was he knew how to market himself, he knew how to make the money. Um, he knew how to set it up such that it doesn't really matter yeah. um, what the how it actually plays out and what the product is. And uh, yeah, so like maybe I that's mean, like, what he was inspired by. He knows how to like make sequels well. Obviously, he's made a lot of them. Yeah, like how many Expendables movies are there? There were three. Three. I think they're three. working on a fourth. Okay, there you go. I think he I was mean, in all of them. That's what we're like clamoring for. More Expendables. Yeah. And then it's just like a bunch of just like hokey action movies, but like. They make them cheap in the eighties, and you know they turn a profit. Yep. So, or keep getting keep getting them checks. Um, so I don't know. Is this? It feels like this is a soft recommendation, right? Like, on the one hand, this is an important movie, right? And I think it's important as a movie that's kind of a kind of an indie movie, kind of, or like a proto indie movie. Um, so in that respect, it feels like something you should see. Um, I also think you need to see this movie in order to understand Creed, and it's worth it because Creed is so good. <laughs> or if uh, you don't understand what rape culture is, like, right? Yes, yeah. textbook right here. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. it's like, get it now. <laughs> yeah. Dictionary definition. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's a useful movie um, <laughs> and an important movie. Whether it's actually pleasurable to watch is another issue. I, I wanted to fast forward through this movie. It yeah. drags. It's yeah, not long. Like hard. It's just a two-hour movie. Yeah, but the, it felt long. It felt yeah. real long. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I am a little mixed 
I don't, I don't want to tell people if they're that into it. I want to hear from someone who really loves this movie. Like, yeah. That has watched it, like, as an adult. Why? Right, right. And I no, I really want to know. Like, I want to, I want to, because there are so many fans of this series and this movie in particular. Yeah. Like, I want to know what it is that's resonating so strongly with so many people. I, it's got to be nostalgia. That, that's certainly a significant part of it, right? But I wonder I, how many people who do the Rocky Steps pose have seen the movie... That has to and just, not just the scene. That, so like 80% of the tourists that go to Philadelphia yeah, right. and get suckered into seeing the Liberty Bell. Yeah, yeah. and doing that, thank God. Yeah. Like how, I, I wonder if there's like people waiting to do it. Right? <laughs> just like imagine the people at the top of the Well, show. there's a statue there now. Yes, there is. Too. Yes, of him doing that. Also, yeah. famously, this is one of the earliest movies to use Steadicam. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, it wasn't the first. That's a misconception. A lot of people okay. name it as the first movie. What was? Uh, I don't Something know. This else? is like the third movie that you okay. see, but the most sort of early famous version right. of it. Um, to go up the stairs. Oh, sure, yeah. They walk up with him as he's running. Okay. And that shot would not have been possible without So it doesn't track up and down yep. from someone running up the stairs? Yeah, before you'd have to build, like, a essentially a train trestle and, like, yeah. push a camera up the stairs. Which is, and the so this is, like, cam. gyroscopically stabilized or something? Yeah. It's like this whole apparatus that you okay. strap on and it, like, yes. stabilizes. Okay. It does gyroscope, yeah. So like, yeah. And then the 70s, that's pretty cool. Yeah, this is one of the first uses of it. And okay. the guy who invented it has won, like, Many like lifetime achievement awards for the development of, That's cool. of the steady cam. Yeah, a lot of movies and, wouldn't exist for it, not for that. Yeah. yeah, and they did some like test <laughs> shots with it, and it like really convinced them that like yeah, we need to like use a steady cam in in this. Yeah, and, it's, and yeah, so it's like notable for that. Okay, That's, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, but, but but yeah, the <laughs> the Rocky statue is there. Okay, that's something. So you can go to the art museum and like take your picture next to it. <laughs> yeah, do the pose, be insufferable. Right. Yeah, but I feel like if you're sitting down and you want to watch a boxing movie, yeah. you're better off with Raging Bull. You're better off with Creed. You're better off with Cinderella Man, which I kind of liked. Um, yeah, yeah, I like when I heard good things. So yeah, so I or just see like one of the many knockoffs of this. Yeah. Film. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is again barely a boxing movie. If you want to sit down and watch boxing, like there are better cinematic boxing, there are better options. Because just because there's more boxing in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like watch the Mighty Ducks. I'm like, sure. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Mighty Ducks. Like, is this? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is a. I feel like a recommendation only for people that want the context. I think this film was actively bad. Okay. And like <laughs> aggressively bad. Yeah. And and people like. Maybe you should watch it to understand why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that that, that matters too. Like it's, some movies are important just because they're popular, and no other reason. And this might be one. I of think those. everybody knows this movie, right? It's yeah. such like a cultural touchstone that like Rocky, the character, is known mostly because of the sequels, right? I mean, I so. yeah, like that people. I think no one. I've never heard anyone say I like the sequels more. Like I've never encountered, but everybody that. knows the the Russian one. Well, yeah, I think that's because it's so absurd. Three or yeah. four? <laughs> I think it's four. I think yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's so comically patriotic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, like like how this is almost a parody of rape culture. Like this is that is a parody of uh, American uh, patriotism in the yeah. Reagan era. I think it's one of the reasons I liked Atomic Blonde so much because they're like it's happening at the same moment, but yeah. they're like. We're just going to tell a story around that, that 
it, it so, doesn't engage with the like yeah communist versus well it, but it kind of does it right? does and it doesn't and right. that's why it's great right yeah and yeah. i like that like it gives this whole the whole movie like this ticking clock feel to it right like you feel like you know that this big momentous event is coming and that it's going to change all the stuff that they're doing in the movie so far and you like it, you're just like constantly aware of it throughout the movie. Comically, like everything that they're doing in the movie, like doesn't matter, right? Because like, a week gonna later, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The movie was I liked it a lot. And like the more I thought about it, the more I liked it. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you saw Atomic Blonde, right, Charles? I did. Yeah, it was super good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. So uh, I think, and I, but again, you know, Stallone is good at kind of like using patriotism as like a tool to market his movies. Like yep. Rambo evolves from a critique of war to like a celebration of like cartoonish over the course of one movie yeah (laughs) like it doesn't take long it's not much of an evolution so much as it is you wonder though transformation if what's happening is more on the like studio side oh definitely because they're like i'm sure rambo 2 is like a script for another movie and they're like yeah oh (laughs) let's just make this rambo 2 and we can and rewrite it, it pretty in. lightly. Yeah. And leverage the name recognition. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh, Schwarzenegger turned this down. Let's just rewrite it and <laughs> stick Stallone in there. Yeah. I mean, I'm making that up, but like that happens frequently where yeah. they're just like, the there's this one. I remember hearing of this American Life actually about uh, the Dirty Dancing series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like Dirty Dancing, first movie's like super successful right. in the 80s. Like, again, it's like one of these like low budget, like high return movies. That's actually really good. Yeah, like, Dirty Dancing is actually good. Sure, I, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and then this guy, uh, the, who the American Life, this American Life story is about, he talks about like how he write, he wrote this like kind of like political romance movie about like Cuba and like Cuba and Miami relations. And oh, and that became okay. all this stuff. And then the studio like bought the script, and then just was like, okay, we need a sequel to Dirty Dancing. So they like there it is. they took out yeah. like all the political aspects, and then like inserted references to like the original Dirty Dancing movie and yep. then we get Dirty Dancing 2 Havana Nights. Havana Nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 15 years later. Yeah. yeah. So like this happens oh, like all the time and I can imagine that like Rambo 2 because it does not make sense with Rambo 1 right. is that. Yeah, yeah that's what happened with um. Yeah. that's what J.J. Abrams did to 10 Cloverfield Lane that it was originally written it's have nothing to do with an alien invasion or anything oh. like that and J.J. Abrams studio bought it up and said, now this is a sequel to my Alien Invasion movie, and they, like, tacked that stuff onto the beginning and the end of it, and otherwise, like, kept the, the script the same. Yeah, that happens, happens a lot. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so, vote better next time, guys. Like, this, this <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we should have watched Raging Ball. I voted for Raging Ball. No, I think this is important. I'm glad we watched it. I don't think people actually, like, watch this movie that often, so you don't, yeah. like, see no. the issues with it. Because, yeah. like, you know, in our minds, movies are one way. Yep. And then if you watch them, they're often, like, very different. Some other thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I had, from not having seen this movie, I had this imagined perception of how his, like, triumphant end of montage scene would feel to watch. Yeah. I just kind of built this, like, impression of what that scene was going to be in my head. And I feel like a lot of people might have that, like, as their memory of how the movie was. Yeah. Well, if you want to see that, watch Creed. All right. <laughs> they literally do, uh, you know, knock off of that. That's actually better. Um, all right. So we have, wait. We have like a few minutes. Like, is okay. there anything like redeemable about this movie? No, I think that there are. I think that it's. Um, it, it, I think it's important as a working class movie. Like, I think that that is actually a good thing. 
Sure. Um, I think that there are good performances here. Um, I think that Carl Weathers is great. I think that yeah, I would agree yeah. on Carl Weathers. Part, um, I think that sure. Burt Young as Polly is actually pretty good, even though Polly is uh, irredeemable. Yeah. Um, I, so I think that that works. I think that this is important as uh, as like a quasi indie film, right? Like as this movie that started at a, on a very low budget with this guy who hadn't really written that much before that was produced and made it really big and like did it with not that much money. Um, so yeah, I think that they're, and just like this, it's an important movie, right? It's just something that is so culturally significant and within the cultural consciousness that you do want to be able to have some awareness of it. Um, and it's important for that awareness to not just be, you know, what you assume the movie is, <laughs> but it should be what the movie actually is. Do you have any thoughts on that, Charles? Any like redeemable um, moments of the movie? I, I don't really know. I, <laughs> oh, man. Besides what Wilson said, I guess I can appreciate that he didn't win at the end. Yeah. He managed to accomplish his goal without winning, and that's kind of a nice sort of bittersweet ending sort yeah. of thing. And like um, the super hokey way to go with the story would be... He beats the he champs. Beats the champ, yeah. Which would make no sense. It right. doesn't make sense anyways. But <laughs> yeah. Right. He would I mean, just be it's like, already enough that he survived that long. The first punch he got hit, he'd be like, his skull yeah. would cave in. Yeah. And the like, first punch he delivered knocks over Apollo Creed. It's like, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess there's that. I actually thought that uh, the skating ring scene was all right. I yeah. I thought that was a nice scene. Um, he had some nice exchanges with Adrian before the date as well, where he's going to the pet shop to try to tell her jokes. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. Uh, so you can tell there was some heart there. Obviously, it's not good where it ended up, but <laughs> it had a good start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I think that that matters. And I agree with you. Like, I think that those that thing you're right about that. I don't know. Do you like anything here? You've said it was bad more than once. So maybe. Yeah, not. I don't like this film. Um, I like Carl Weathers. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think he's great. Uh, looking at his design DB, I'm kind of like, little, uh, but they yeah, need more arm wrestling handshakes. <laughs> yeah, uh, would have made this movie better. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, that's that. That's Rocky. That's Rocky. So Wilson, next next time. Uh, next time we're going to do one of the most uh, famously well-made movies of all time, so we're kind of going in the other direction. Uh, we're going to be watching Boogie Nights. Uh, right. So finally some Paul Thomas Anderson, who is my favorite director currently working. Oh. Um, so yeah, Boogie Nights. Uh, you know zero things about this movie, right, Charles? Nope. Okay, great. We're working is a hilarious adjective for Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, fair. Okay. <laughs> but reasonably active. Yeah. Right. Um, alive. Alive. But he was recently at uh, the BAM Theater to do the um, Jonathan Demi retrospective. Like, he was the MC for that. Because apparently that was his favorite director. Um, so he's alive. He was seen in he the city alive. recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do Boogie Nights. I love this movie. I've seen it lots and lots of times. I'm looking forward to seeing it again. Uh, so join us next week for Boogie Nights. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help us reach a larger audience by rating and reviewing it on iTunes. It only takes a minute and makes a big difference. Thanks, and enjoy the episode.